Please stand by for a special podcast from Two Works For You. And welcome to another edition of Beyond the Forecast. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike Collier from Two Works For You. I have the privilege of being joined by a really cool guest who just so happens to be my boss as well. <laughs> and that is Amy Calvert. She's the GM slash vice president of Two Works For You. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, and let's see if I hit the right. There's the round of applause. Everybody hey. excited to have the, the boss in town. <laughs> So, but you're not here really today to talk about uh, work, even though uh, we could probably go in two hours of that. Sure. Um, but you're here to talk about something that's very personal to you. Yeah. And, and that's type one diabetes. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your story and how your encounter with type one uh, became uh, to fruition. Okay. Um, so myself, my husband, like most people I would assume um, don't know much about type one. We knew nothing. And, um, you know, you hear a lot of the commercials about diabetes, you relate it to, is it food? You know, what is it? And a lot of people have a lot of questions, much like we did ourselves. Um, we are the parents of two daughters, um, Avery, who is now 12, and Kinsey, who is four. Mm -hmm. And um, about four years ago was right before Avery's fourth birthday, and I had just had Kinsey. Um, we noticed that Avery kind of had a cold mm -hmm. and, um, which was kind of unusual, very healthy child, sure, no problems. And I had just had a baby. So as a lot of moms can relate to, I was kind of just, you know, you're crazed, you're sleep deprived. Sure. <laughs> Mike, you understand. I totally kids. get that. Totally get still sleep. Deprived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We're all still sleep deprived here, but, um, yeah, so Avery had this cold and, and I was a mom that was kind of like. Um, I'm a helicopter mom. I'll just admit it <laughs> I, straight up. So is my wife. Yeah. I, I can relate. Yeah. And so, um, both my girls, just a little history are in vitro. And so we went through, you know, several losses, a lot, like a lot of other people, um, to get them. And what's kind of cool is both of their embryos were taken at the same time, but, um, we used Avery's about three years after they were frozen and Kinsey's had been frozen 10 years. So, you know, we finally have these two, two kids and, and like all parents, you know, you love your kids, you, you adore them and they're, they're our life. And so Avery came down with this cold, and here I had this new baby, and I was a little worried. And I remember sharing with my husband, Chris, that, you know, I just, I feel like something's off. I'm not sure. And, you know, he was reassuring, I think, for me, just because he knows I was a basket case. Right. And he was like, hey, you know, it's probably a cold. There was no fever. Um, nothing that really stood out. It was simply just a cold. And I noticed her kind of feeling, looking just a little, like, tired, maybe. Yeah. Right down. And so um, this was a Friday. And I noticed over the weekend that, you know, she was kind of thirsty, but, you know, you got a cold, your mouth is dry. Sure, right. And so I thought, yeah, okay. And we got to Sunday, and I remember we were um, taking pictures with Santa at the mall. And we were waiting in line, like most people did out at Woodland Hills Mall, you know. And um, Avery just wanted to lay on the floor and sleep. And I thought, that is so strange. Right. You know, usually as a seven-year-old, she is so excited and we have this new baby you know, and we're meeting Santa. And I just, I just, I felt like something is off. Mm -hmm. And we got home and I remember that night, um, went to bed, got up the next morning and I actually kept Avery home from school just cause I was like, something just didn't seem sure. right. Brought her home and again, just kind of tired. And I just said to Chris, I said, something just doesn't seem right. And at that point, the baby kind of had a little bit of cold. So I was associating it with, okay, cold. And again, a lot of trigger points just hadn't resonated with me. Because, you know, right now, especially in flu season, 
Um, a lot of these things can just cold, sniffles, sore throat, you know, mm -hmm. drinking water. Um, you know, you drink a lot of water, you go to the bathroom. So, I mean, you, in your mind, obviously, you hope don't go to the worst. And right, again, yeah. I didn't know anything about type one. So it was a Monday night, I'm laying in bed, and I remember clearly going to bed. And, you know, I share this part of the story because it's very real to us and, and true. And, um, you know, we are believers and, you know, we, we um, trust God that he takes care of our kids. And sure. so I was in bed that night and I heard a voice clear as anything say, take Avery to the doctor. And I remember looking over at my husband and thinking, did he just say something? I mean, why now is he saying? And sure enough, he's sound asleep. Right. And I looked back over and I thought, man, I am losing my mind. Mm. And within seconds later, I heard it again. Take Avery to the doctor. And it's just like me talking to you right sure. now. Sure, yeah. And I really felt, okay, something's going on. I need to take her to the doctor. And, I, and, and for me, looking back, it was God totally lining up everything to keep Avery safe. And so that next morning, I remember I went to work. And I wasn't here yet at Channel 2. And um, had the baby. And I called our doctor, Dr. Rayleigh, who's an amazing pediatrician here in town. And I just said, you know, he knew me as that helicopter mom. <laughs> right. And I said, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, I said, hey, listen, um, I'm, I'm worried. I think the kids have a cold. Avery's just been active. He's like, you know what? Bring her in. Let's take a look at her. Bring the baby in. So I loaded up the kids and we headed into his office and um, he, they walked us to the back and probably, I mean, a minute in. I remember Dr. Rayleigh coming in. I remember the nurse coming in. And I remember Dr. Rayleigh telling me, hey, you know, my nurse is going to take the baby. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange, yeah. <laughs> you know. And he came over to me so kindly, and he just said, you know, he said, Amy, we've, we've called an ambulance. And I'm thinking, why? I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here looking at my kid, and she, she yeah, she doesn't feel good. He said, um, we believe that, that Avery is type 1 diabetic, and she's in DKA, which is diabetic ketoacidosis. Again, what? Right. I knew nothing, you know, and, and in all honesty, I broke down. I was hysterical sure. because, I As mean, first of all, be. I don't want my seven-year-old riding in an ambulance and right. I got this two-month-old and, and so, um, he told me, he said, I can smell a sweetness on her breath and he goes, her body is shutting down and this is critical. And they brought in a, a blood meter reading where they prick their finger and it wouldn't even register, which wow. means it was over 500. Sure. And so I remember at that point feeling lost and feeling like, um, you know, my only hope at that point was, is my kid going to die? And, you know, I had no clue. What is this? And, and what's going on? And, and the fact that I saw the look in his eye and I knew this, this was bad. Mm -hmm. And so IMSA shows up, it's a pink IMSA. And Avery was, you know, that calmed her because she right. thought, wow, this is her favorite color. Yeah. And here I loaded up with a two month old in the ambulance with the IMSA drivers, Avery in the back on a stretcher. And I remember the IMSA driver looking at me and she said, hey, mom, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a type 1 diabetic. And I get a little choked up because, sure. again, it was like, wow, you know, all this seemed to have lined up. Like, you know, here I am completely devastated because you think, you know, this is, you want the best for your kid. And right. you think, what is this going to mean? And, and um both the IMSA drivers are type 1 diabetic. And it, it immediately, they put Avery at ease. They put me at, at, at ease enough to know we're going to get her there. Right. You know, the hospital's going to take care of her. So they take us to St. Saint, um, Saint Francis Children's Hospital. And, and we as we pulled up, I remember looking up, and there stood my cousin, who happened to be one of the, uh, the lead charge nurses for the pediatrics ICU. Wow. 
Again, she wasn't supposed to be working that day. Wow. Was working. And so that, again, brought comfort to me. Sure. Right. <laughs> so they immediately took Avery in. And within a short time, and I can't even, honestly, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, they immediately admitted us to ICU because Avery's sugars were dangerously high to where she could go into a coma. She could um, have any sorts of brain issues. And so the process began. Um, the doctors walked in, you know, here, here my cousin had this amazing room ready for us with balloons and everything. They really were great. And then the doctor walked in and I realized, oh my goodness, the head doctor happens to be a girl that I babysat from young childhood. No way. Yeah. Wow. To an adult now. And her name was Laura. And I remember Laura coming to me and she said, you know, Avery is type one diabetic. We're going to walk you through what that means. And we're going to take care of her. And from that moment on, our, our life completely changed. And, um, you know, I, I tell all of that because in the midst of such angst and worry for us, God totally showed up in sure. every step of the way. Right. And it was a great reminder for me that, um, you know, there's somebody bigger that loves our kids even more than we do. But for us, it, it, it began a whole new journey. So we spent five days in the ICU as they had to slowly bring her sugars down. Okay. Um, because they're afraid they'll have a stroke. Right. Um, you know, you can't shock the body. And, you know, I'm no doctor in medical terms, but I yeah. just know it was a slow process. Mm -hmm. And um, that day we were released from the hospital on Friday. They, you immediately drive to your endocrinologist, which our doctor is Dr. Jelly here in town. Which is a cool name, Dr. Yeah, Jelly. Yeah, Dr. Jelly, yeah. yeah. And um, we spent about five hours with them that day, and they taught us how to keep Avery alive for the rest of her life. So, which is a huge undertaking. It is. It You know, much like any person with any sort of disease or, you know, a parent with a child who faces these challenges, you know, um, it's a lot, you know, we, we don't appreciate, at least I didn't appreciate just living life until we were hit with this. Mm -hmm. And, um, it really put into perspective what we're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what that began was a minimum of 10 to 15 pricks of Avery's finger a day, checking her blood sugars, um, you know, there's a range they want their blood sugars to be in between. And for a child, it's like 80 and 180. And, and, it, and no child wants to be pricked no, at all. Is, no. You know, they want to go play. They just right. want to do I that. Mean, you know, you're putting needles into these little fingers and, you know, it's, it's a lot. And then you have to think, you know, my child cannot eat or drink anything that has one carb in it. And it's carbs, not sugar. So you look at carbohydrates, one carb without testing her blood sugars and giving her insulin. So really what type 1 diabetes is, is that at some point your pancreas, which most normal people, we eat food. Mm -hmm. uh, the pancreas then takes the, the food that we eat, breaks down energy and provides energy to your body to live. Right. A type 1 diabetic has does not have a pancreas that works. Wow. So what has happened is their their pancreas has died. So therefore, when they eat, there's no way to break those sugars down. Real quick, I think we need to make a, a clear uh, distinction here that when you have type 1, this is not because of your lifestyle. Oh, absolutely not. So yeah, sorry, I should clarify that. And that was something I learned too. So I thought, did I do something wrong? Did, my, did we do something wrong that caused Avery's type 1? And... The doctor said, absolutely not. This is an autoimmune disease, mm -hmm. and they don't know why, but it attacks the pancreas and causes it to shut down. And, you know, more than likely, Avery was born with this, and it's normal. When I say it's normal, um, most people see it come out about the age of eight, okay. which is juvenile diabetes. Sure. Um, 
And so they've lived their life. And But now, unfortunately, we're seeing babies born with this. Um, now with my involvement with uh, type 1 research, I have th- hundreds of thousands of friends on Facebook, parents across the country and sure. the world who are fighting the same disease every day with us. Right. And, you know, they're, I'm seeing kids as young as newborns all the way up till about the age of 60 plus you can be diagnosed with type 1. So you could go most of your uh, adult life and not Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Not Absolutely. have it. Absolutely. Right. And what was interesting is that, you know, the first thing they asked us is, do you have anyone in your family who is type 1? Yeah. And my cousin, who at the age of 25, he was a big athlete, um, was diagnosed with type 1 out of the blue. And um, so I said, you know, yes, I actually have a cousin, but I didn't know much about it. You sure. Know? And um, other than that, we didn't. But my husband and I both have autoimmune diseases and, you know, fight that. And Avery kind of inherited, obviously, that from us in some way, shape or form. And, you know, when we're all created and hers came out as type one diabetes. So this is not anything. Avery didn't drink anything. Sure. Um, This wasn't a vaccination. Right. This wasn't anything that um, sparked her type one. And there's going to be some people that you know, have different opinions on that. But that's really where we believe and stand and, and from the research from medical um, studies and stuff. And this was just something that came out for her in that way. And so um, we're very blessed in that, you know, technology 100 years ago from today um, is great. And so we've been able to get Avery Wears uh, 24-7. It's called a CGM. Okay. And um, it's a device on her arm that we're able to see her sugars, you know, all day long. And how does that work? So basically, it it's a device. It's a Bluetooth device that okay. talks to her phone. And then we're able to, it sends a signal to our phones. Okay. And so it reads the blood in her arm. And so it tells her sugar where her sugars are at and it alerts you as your body continue. If your body's going to drop, it will send us an alarm to say, Hey, she needs, she needs some carbs. Um, or if she's going too high, we need to give her some insulin because you want your body to maintain us as people who do not have type one, our pancreas will kick in insulin and it will kick out um, when we need energy. And so it responds, their bodies are broken and, and they can't respond that way. And so um, we have to give them the insulin. So whenever she eats, you know, you've, you've seen before, you know, I'll, uh-huh. I'll see a small apple and I can say, oh, that's about 32 carbs. Right. So I know that I need to give Avery X amount of insulin. Right. And um, fortunately, so she does wear the CGM. It's, you know, one of my biggest fights now is to see, we want every child to be able to have this. They're very expensive. And, you know, we, it's like you max out your credit cards, do whatever to take care of your kids, you know, unfortunately. Sure. But this device has totally helped us. It's called a Dexcom. And then Avery also is on a pump. So she's continually getting insulin delivered to her body um, throughout the day at school, at night while she sleeps. Um, One thing we learned is all of us have what's called a morning rise. So what wakes us up in the morning is when your body pushes out insulin and gives you energy. And that's how your sugars rise. Yeah. So when you wake up in the morning, your sugars will be a little bit higher. It's what causes you to wake up. Right. obviously type ones don't have that. So that's where that insulin is needed to kind of wake them up and get them up. First thing in the morning, she gets insulin. Yeah. So she has to, you know, before she can eat anything or drink anything now, you know, obviously water doesn't have any carbs in it. So that doesn't require a shot meat. If it's not seasoned or stuff, that doesn't require a shot because you know, there's no carbs in that where you start, you know, the breads, the cereals, you know, your, your child's simply going to a birthday party. Avery can't just immediately have birthday cake. Right. And we've got to sit down and look at the size of the birthday cake and say, uh-huh. okay, 
that may be it. Or, you know, if she's at a swim party, um, any type of activity, much like any of us, drops your blood sugars, keeps uh-huh. them lower. Well, for, for them, it just keeps dropping. There's nothing to kick in to help them. So insulin then is needed to well, be... No, insulin actually brings the sugars down. So okay, then you gotcha. would need carbs to bring them up. Yeah. See, I, I couldn't even begin a day in your shoes because... Well, and I wouldn't have either, Mike. Four years ago, I knew nothing about this. But when it's your child's life, it's, right. it's you know, you get it that it's just, you have to do this. You know, it's it. there is no question and there is no downtime. And, you know, I've been in meetings with you and, and Avery calls and, I, you know, I get to hear it. It's, you know, hey, mom, can I have this? Yeah. I mean, it, is that just every single day life? For it her? is. I yeah. mean, that's just, you know, we are blessed, I will say this, and that we have a child who's a rule follower, and she's very, um, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids with type 1 who just want to be a kid. Right. And they want to eat a snack, and they'll sneak food. And you, you see that's a real problem because their blood sugars aren't regulated or maintained. Avery will not eat anything without asking for, for my approval. It's kind of funny. I'm actually getting a call from Avery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of what you have to go through yeah. on, a, on a daily basis. And what all the all parents who, you know, face this have to go through. You know, one of the biggest things that my husband and I do now, a couple of years ago, we were the Oklahoma Family of the Year with the JDRF here in Oklahoma. And we were able to speak and travel around and talk to other families who are facing this diagnosis for the first time or who've been fighting it for 20 plus years. Right. You know, you're a community. You support. Right. We we all know the, the fear and stress and worry. But, you know, we, my husband and I, did not know anything about type 1. We did not know the trigger signs. And so I like to share with people and it's stuff that, you know, just... One example on my Facebook, I share a lot um, about the stuff we go through with Avery because it, it helps. And, yeah. you know, you, you talk to other people. And through that sharing, one of my best friends um, from kindergarten who we've stayed in contact with, her son was diagnosed uh, two years ago, July 4th. But she knew because of the signs we wow. had talked about. And they wouldn't have known. And, and so you know, give us give us the signs. Yeah. What, what could this we This is what's critical be because so many kids and adults are – unfortunately dying because this disease presents much like the common flu Mm -hmm. and people are sent home and told you know what wait it out and they end up dying in their sleep and I'm not trying to cause alarm or fear but this is this is the truth and we were very blessed and I say this every day Dr. Rayleigh saved my child's life because had he just looked at Avery and said you know um this is a cold yeah um he will tell you today that she was within hours of dying. Wow. And had we gone home and just put her to bed, she would have died in her sleep. And so that's why it is so critical. And it's not to be fearful, but mm-hmm. knowledge is power. We know sure. that, right? And so uh, anyone who sees excessive drinking, mm-hmm. excessive urinating, going to the bathroom quite a bit, um, weight loss is a big one. And for me, Avery had a major growth spurt. So she right. had lost weight. But again, you, you write these things off to... They got a cold, they're thirsty, yeah. their mouth's dry. Right. You know, they're losing weight because they're growing. They're right. tired because they're playing a lot. You know, these were all trigger signs. The weight loss, the um, excessive thirst, and um, being tired. And then fourth is the fruity smell on the breath. So that is really some of the last triggers sure. of, of what a child will have before they enter this DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. Right. 
And it will almost, it's, it's like a fruity smell or, or for women who may get their nails done, it's kind of an acetone smell. Sure. And I'll be honest, I've had my nails done for 30 years. Like that was my, you know, one thing. And I was kind of immune to fingernail polish remover. I don't smell it. Okay. You know, you've, you're around something yeah, a long time. Right. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but. You She's know. got beautiful nails, by the way, <laughs> well, just so you know. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's so, because again, you look for all these answers as to why, why did I not know? Why did I not know? And. Um, so if a parent's listening, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the, they take them to the doctor and the doctor Maybe you should ask the doctor to do a Here's blood test or a ask. sugar test. Yes, this is we say it's it's one drop, okay. one drop of blood right. can save a child's life. Right, and it's it's a test that you could go to any of your local pharmacy stores for ten fifteen bucks, buy a glucose blood reading test, prick their finger, and what you want to do is a number. You want to get it fasting, so the best time to test a child. And, and I recommend, look, if you have concerns, just call your pediatrician sure. and say, look. Yeah. you know." But I, I do tell people, there's a thing you can do at home. You can buy one of these just finger prick tests that di- any type of diabetic uses to read your blood levels. And you want to wake up in the morning first thing, nothing to eat or drink. You prick your finger. And you want that number to be under 100. If the number is over 100, don't panic. Right. Because when we have illness, when you and I, who are non-type ones, mm-hmm. have illness, our sugars are going to rise yeah. because your body's fighting it, something. Sure. But it is a good starting point. Now, if you see two, three, four hundred, that is not normal. Right. You know, and so you want a fasting blood sugar to be a below 100. And, and kids can vary a little. And I am no doctor, let me state that. I am simply a mom right. who has lived four years with a child of type one and right. has researched everything I can to keep my child healthy and alive. So talk to your pediatrician, talk to your doctor, say, you know, here's my concern. I want a, a blood test. And what it's called is an A1C. We all have an A1C level. Again, okay. that's a simple blood test. Right. And you want your levels um, kind of vary a little bit, but talk to your doctor, you know, six, six or below. And some people will say 5.8 or below is, is a standard. Anything above that are kind of some trigger signs that you want to look for. And that's when doctors will begin to talk to you about pre-diabetic sure. or possible type one. And there is a test that they will do because there's a lot of people who get misdiagnosed between type one and type two. Mm-hmm. Type two diabetes is more of a foodborne stuff you eat as your body gets older. Things tend to change. We all have things changing. And so they will do a test that will look for some markers to okay. distinguish between type one and type two. All easy test. Unfortunately, doctors don't use them enough. Okay. And, you know. That's where the parent comes involved right. to be Right. And that's, proactive. you know, again, that's what I go back to is, you know, I didn't know to ask that. So as much as I can be loud and share with people just to ask the question, one blood, one drop of blood can change a life, right. save a life. Um, you know, it's, it's important to me to share. So again, I don't want to ever cause panic, but knowledge is power. And um, kids' lives are being saved. People's lives are being saved because of this information that all of us as parents of type 1s are sharing. So let me ask you this. Uh, for us parents that, that don't have kids that are type 1, uh, we, you know, I actually have a niece that is type 1. So I can relate and empathize of just the need is great every single day. But for folks that have no relation to this whatsoever, mm-hmm. what can they do if they're listening to help uh, you know, get the cause uh, known and help uh, maybe find a cure one yeah. day? No, you know, um, the diabetes, uh, type 1 diabetes research, JDRF, um, you know, we're, 
we're big supporters of that. You know, much like the Cancer Society and a lot of things, they're fighting for a cure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every year you hear it's one step closer. And, you know, our belief is one day in Avery's lifetime we will see a cure, and that's our prayer. Sure. But in the meantime, we just continue to um, fill ourselves full of information. Um, What about the cost of insulin? I mean, we hear that that being in the news all the time. Well, you know, how much time you got, Mike? (laughs) Not much, yeah. I I mean, there's obviously, you know, there's something that maybe somebody out there can do about that. And and that comes in with the, uh, maybe the government as well to write to your local politician to to help out with that. Please do. So, you know, you're hearing stories, Two Works For You is reporting these stories. We see states like Minnesota, Mm -hmm. um, Colorado, who are capping insulin costs. So let's put this into perspective. Insulin, 100 years ago, $5, $5, okay, or whatever okay. that may be. Nothing between that 100 years and today has changed this product at all. So it's not become better. It's not become more powerful. That is the same product used. And it's not as then, rare it's now. Not, okay. Yeah, so we, the from pro- then to today. But the cost has gone up over a 1,000%. Mm. So, for instance, when Avery was diagnosed four years ago, I was paying $100 for a vial of insulin. And how long would that last? That would last... Um, Nine days for Avery. Um, it is now for one vial for us personally, and insurances can all vary, but over $300. And, you know, that is after insurance. Mm-hmm. And I know families who are facing $2,500 bills, and they're choosing between buying food or buying insulin to keep your child alive, or they're, they're driving out of the country, going to Canada, going to Mexico. In fact, we featured these very stories here on Two Works For You. And it is a real problem. And fortunately, you know, I I feel blessed in the position that I am that I can encounter and, and talk to our legislators. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working with our Oklahoma representatives on talking about, and there is, a, you know, we are working on getting legislation here in Oklahoma that will cap insulin costs. Again, things that, that you know, it's not fair. These kids didn't ask for this. These people who have this disease didn't ask for this. And yet... You know, pharmaceutical companies are allowed to take the prices and just skyrocket. skyrocket. And you're hearing stories, you know, it's, it's all over the country where kids who are not under their parents' insurance anymore or have no money are rationing and they're dying. Oh. You cannot ration insulin. It's, it's a life-saving medicine. It's not something like, you know, every now and then I might forget to take my blood pressure right. pill. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. But with insulin, you will die. Right. So it's not something that you can just not have. And so I encourage you, please reach out to our, you know, Inhofe and Langford and all these people that are up on Capitol Hill and tell them, you know, enough is enough in Oklahoma. We want the insulin cap. Because, yeah. I mean, parents don't even, can't even begin to comprehend. Well, first, think of you as a parent and how stressful that is yeah. just being a parent. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I the three kids myself, it's crazy life, you right. know. And then to have a child with type one where it is constant monitoring and that stress. And then you add on the financial stretch right. stress, which is just another huge burden. I mean, it's kind of just overwhelming to, to yeah, people. It is. And it's just something that um, you know, you worry about and and you know, you you pray and you decide, okay, what am I gonna do here? And you know, you, you pray for good jobs yeah. and good insurance. And you know, listen, I'm no different than anyone else. Um, you know, we face, we all put our pants on the same way. Sure. We all, we all live life, and all of our goals are to protect our children, keep them safe. And 
you know, you just want what's best for them. And so we're hoping and, and praying that we will begin to see, you know, better treatments and, and definitely a cure for type one. And, and, um, you know, I appreciate all the people that are, are fighting hard for that for us. And I will say if you, you know, we have a lot of Native Americans that live here in eastern Oklahoma, uh, check with your tribe because uh, sometimes they're able to help you out with the cost of insulin and, and, and products and supplies. So, you know, that's another resource to look at if, if you haven't thought of that already. Right. And I, I would say, you know, contact the JDRF as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, they have helped us out with questions and they have contacts as well. You know, there's there's organizations that can probably help as well. And and I encourage people, you know, I'll, I'll just throw this out. I have a Facebook page here at the station and, you know, I get a lot of personal questions or, you know, parents just wanting, you know, hey, how did you face this? And, and I welcome that because yeah. I know when we were at our darkest hours on that December 15th of 2015, the day Avery was diagnosed, you know, you're not sure how you can make it, you can, you know, yes, your life is going to be forever changed. But you know what, you figure that out, and you live life. Right. And you know, Avery is thriving. And you know, sure, do we have our challenges, you see those, you know, we'll go from a normal sugar down to a 40. And, you know, you're shoving 100 carbs in them to get their sugars up. But, you know, Avery is thriving and you kids can thrive. People can thrive with this disease. It's just, I've got one question I want to get in here before yeah. wrap this up. And that is, cause I was thinking about you on, on the way driving here to, to work, you know, you hear about the coronavirus, uh, but then you think of the flu. That's really bad. Um, you think of the common cold and that is that a huge chief concern uh, for is. Avery? So, um, Children with type one, when they get sick, it's not like a normal child getting sick. Their their immune system is greatly compromised. Unfortunately, when Avery gets the flu, we end up in the hospital. Um, so, and you know, that's not to say children without type one sure. also, but their immune system is so compromised. Any type of vomiting causes sugars to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been very blessed. Unfortunately, my husband, my four-year-old and myself all got the flu about three weeks ago. And, you know, our doctor immediately started Avery on medicine to keep her protected. She sure. did not get it. Um, she had a cold and, you know, we managed the sugars well. Right. But it is, you know, any type of illness, you know, I beg parents when your kids are sick, don't send them to school. Yeah, because you don't know. Right. Because there are other children, children who, you know, have, I have friends whose kids have, you know, other, other diseases and stuff. And um, any type of illness will greatly throw off, um, you know, how they thrive and live life. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I I know uh, a lot of our listeners out there are going to take great knowledge from this and be able to maybe help protect not only their kids, but uh, maybe, you know, relatives, kids or friends, kids to say, Hey, these are some of the signs that you need to look out for and, and how they could help out and give back to the community. So thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you.